just keep your dial on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor. WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good afternoon. I'm T. Hetzel. You've got Living Writers on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Today, Ken Michalowski is here in the studio. And I'm living, too. He's living. He's writing. He's technically writing. Are you writing right now? Where's your... Where's your... <laughs> no writing going on at the moment. Ken Michalowski. Hi, T. How are you doing? I'm so glad. Thank you so much for coming down here to talk today. Come on. That's what I do. I talk. That's, what I, I, that's all I do is talk. It's nothing, nothing else but talk. Has anyone ever said, "Can wind, shut up, windbag, shut up"? No, <laughs> no one has ever said that. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, don't worry. I, I won't. I don't think I'll be saying. I'll be saying, Ken. <laughs> just keep going, Ken. <laughs> We've got it. Sure. <laughs> Where do you your hear poems my poems are so short? <laughs> so <laughs> they are definitely that. The new book that that. That that not not that 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 the poems listen <laughs> published the, by Wayne State University Press <laughs> indeed and the the longest poem in the book is two lines haiku is much too long for me yes keep that in mind <laughs> as we go forward <laughs> <laughs> or wherever <laughs> or sideways as the case may be um so yes yeah, so this book is it's hot off the presses uh christina stonehill at wayne state university press uh sent one my way i'm super grateful to her because this is my new favorite book ken oh come on and, and i've already read it a couple of times and i can't in all honesty i'm holding up my right hand here <laughs> i can't usually say that to a guest when they come you know because i'm Sometimes I'm just hanging on by the, you know, well, skin of my teeth. Well, what we usually teeth. do is we, we, leaf, we leaf through the book and look for the short ones, and then we read the short ones. And, yeah, and then we say, we fake the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> and when you say we, no, <laughs> no, I'm What do you think? I have guests come to my class, too, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> right, right. Well, but, of course, when Ron Padgett came to your class, you were, you'd, 
you're very familiar with his work because he's a longtime friend. <laughs> well, probably well, listening now. Hi, Ron, out there. Yeah, hi, Ron. He's in New York. <laughs> we reach New York, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Any people can stream this. Oh. You know, Ken. You can't fool me. I see your your edition of Remember Me, and you've got your um, USB uh, <laughs> card in there for performances. Uh-huh. You're uh-huh. hip. You're tech savvy. More than me. You think so. Uh, there are many people who would um, advise you to not say things like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then, you know what I'm going to do instead? Is yeah. I'm going to read your short bio on the, on the back of that, that. It's short poem, short bio. <laughs> and then we'll, well, then we'll talk more. You'll tell us some stories, Ken. Um, and this book, I should say, I love this series. It's Made, it's made in Michigan Writers Series. So it's part of this, this ongoing series. Um, Ken Michalowski is the author of four previous books, Thank You, Call Again, Little Mysteries, Big Enigmas, and Remember Me. His poems have been published in Brooklyn Rail, Hanging Loose, Exquisite Corpse, Abandoned Automobile, and a Detroit anthology, and have been recorded by the Frank Carlberg Group. Michalowski teaches poetry writing at the University of Michigan, and along with his wife Anne, was publisher, editor, and printer of the Alternative Press. He lives in Ann Arbor. See, I am still a living writer. <laughs> Check. <laughs> and the music that started the at the top of the hour, Ken, that was the Frank Carlberg Group. Right. Um, they um, they contacted me and. I was really pleased because this is only the second album that they'd done with one poet. The first poet they worked with on an entire album was Robert Creeley. And Bob, oh, is, Bob was one of my... Your friends. Yeah, well, he was my, one of my, he was my mentor, actually. He was one of more than... I mean, he was the one who put me in the right... <laughs> I hate to put that burden on him, but he won't know now. Uh, he, put me third, he put me in the right direction. I, I went to Wayne State University, too, and I studied poetry with um, W.D. Snodgrass, who was a Pulitzer Prize-winning poet. And then when he left, Keith Waldrop came in and took his place for a year. So I studied with a National Book Award-winning poet. However, none of that rubbed off on me. <laughs> none of it. I, Snodgrass was... Um, he wanted us all to write like him. That was his teaching method he wanted that's us to all be little snodgrasses and um <laughs> that's a hilarious thing to say actually that phrase yeah little snodgrasses yes <laughs> and it that just wasn't me but it wasn't until i met bob creeley and that was early on uh and uh he he for some reason took me seriously i can't tell you why but he he seemed to um like my poems and had me send them to him and so i did and he would he would constantly encourage me, and that was that was a big deal for me. When it's and you say early on, um, Ken. So yeah. when so so you were at so you were at Wayne State and studying with the the other uh, Snodgrass and Waldrop. Um, did did um, Bob Creeley visit? Yes. Or, and he, then no, and he then came in of, when I was a student. He okay. came in to visit when I was a student. He came to our. We were we were living at that time at the Jeffries Housing Projects in Detroit. So at the, at the, Bob came over to the projects. Um, we were going <laughs> to, he came over for dinner. We, uh, we had no money. We were in the projects. We served him spaghetti dinner. 
and he brought a bottle of cognac that endured us forever you know so <laughs> cognac and spaghetti that was always been my favorite combo oh i can't beat it uh-huh and uh, and we got along we he i was just a student but he somehow he, he worked magic on me so and did he and magic it is indeed it oh, his, really is his poetry was that for me he he's his he writes you know very distinct clear straightforward um poems and they're that's what influenced me that book for love which was his book at the first book for love was a big influence upon my work and that's in a way it sounds like that's why he was a, the way what he believed about poetry sort of your your philosophies of it almost in a way were aligned so that he could let you or make you believe in your own voice as a poet he did that and i appreciated that forever nobody else did i don't know why he did but okay <laughs> better or worse there would there i am i do have a voice <laughs> and it did and i it sounds like it might have also really influenced your approach to teaching because you're, you're at the residential college been there has it been since 71 ken or 77 77 okay only 38 years only 38 years <laughs> it's a short it's a short run <laughs> yeah <laughs> has that like it seems like because uh, as soon as i sent out the email today announcing your show um uh, sarah min sarah groski emailed right away and she said you know she's like ken he's awesome with about a million exclamation marks and she said she was a former um rc poet as a former student of yours yep. um hi sarah <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sarah. That this, uh, so it sounds to me like maybe what what Creeley, what Bob Creeley did to you, you've been opening up in others for thirty eight years. <laughs> I don't want to take that kind of responsibility. <laughs> no way. <laughs> okay, no. then I won't try to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I um I like teaching. I like it very much. Uh, I like having. Um, uh, my students grow and develop because I, I have a class, but in the residential college, we also do these tutorials so that I can work with students sometimes for three or four years uh, into their entire undergraduate time. I can work with them. They just, they just continue to take another class and then another class and another class and another, and then, and so the, the tutorials are one-on-one -on -one, and that's how, that's how I get to watch my students grow and develop and, and they really do. They, they start off okay, and then they just get better. But that's because the natural process has really nothing to do with me. But it, they're very, it's good to watch that happen. It sounds like it's a, a way of, it is a mentorship then, because it's over a series of years. It is. Often I work with people for three or four years, yeah. Well, Ken, um, we won't talk about it a lot. But at the end of this term, you're retiring. Well, yeah, that's like in one month. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been at the RC for 38 years, and finally, I get to graduate. <laughs> my students have been doing that every four years. You know, now I'm going to finally graduate and go out into the world and see what's out there. And, and <laughs> yeah, what is out there, Ken? What do you you say? You you mentioned you might want to travel. I do. I really do want to travel. Uh, I have one. My first trip is planned. It's going to be um, a one-month-long 
drive to Alaska. I've been in 49 states, but never been to, when I got to go to the 50th state, I have to go to Alaska. I've driven to 48 of them. I didn't get to drive to Hawaii. Right. For some reason, <laughs> I didn't get to do that. But I'm going to drive to Alaska and uh, see what's up there. Okay. Do you know your route yet? Yep. Gonna... I'm going up through Canada, through the Yukon and all that area. So it should be should be interesting. It's going to be great. So. Dawson City, here you come. You've been there. <laughs> Yes, briefly. I'd love, oh, okay. to, love to go back. Oh. Maybe you'll see me hitchhiking along. The, what route were you, saying, <laughs> were you taking, Ken? <laughs> um, and before, we'll mention this again, but just so everyone knows, next Wednesday, April 1st, but this is... How appropriate. No fooling. <laughs> How very appropriate. <laughs> I wondered if you had picked that on purpose. It's also the start like of National Poetry Month, too. It kicks off National mm. Poetry Month. Yeah. Um, I would rather, you know, I could maybe the national prose month or something but, that's right yeah, just yeah. to like yeah, yeah <laughs> fight the system hey those poets they don't they don't need a month yeah you know, we poets need a month and they can ignore us the other 11 months you know that's how it goes <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. but on wednesday april 1st at 7 p.m at the rc um in benzinger library east quad which is at 701 east university everyone um can you will have a book launch and book party um, for that, that I'll, your, re, I'll your read new, them and I'll will sign the books if that's what, yeah. I'm what glad the to do people that. clamor for? <laughs> yeah, I've always been responsible to my public, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> responsible is not one of the, <laughs> the top ten don't, words. Don't go there. <laughs> no, but actually, you truly are because you and Anne created the the alternative press, and that is a lasting, and it's an art project that's out there in the world still with iterations happening and no one can um, capture it and pin it down much like yourself Ken Michalowski <laughs> well we did we did that for 30 years yeah we, we um, hand set and hand printed original first editions limited editions of and I'm not modest about this <laughs> uh, we no, we did the we did what we felt were the best artists and poets in the country we did we, we published the best and you started with Detroit, like Eric, like the yeah. the the people, your friends, your the, your colleagues in the Cass Corridor area. That's what that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to we wanted to publish our friends. That was I mean, why would we want to publish our enemies? <laughs> you know? right. So we wanted to publish our friends, and we started doing that. And but then um, Allen Ginsberg <laughs> came to stay with us, and he stayed with us uh, for a whole week. He gave us a poem, and and so we had a press in our basement. So we printed the poem and uh, we sent it around. And Alan went back to New York. And Al, Alan was a very generous person. He was very generous, but he was also had a big mouth. <laughs> he started telling me, "Oh, there's this cute couple in Detroit. They have a press in their basement. You should send them some poems." <laughs> And, and he so, said that to poets, obviously. Yeah, and then, yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> and then we got poems from everybody. <laughs> you had to get a bigger mailbox. Oh, yeah, well, but then it got to be, um, yeah, well, there was that part of it. But then we started, people started coming to stay with us uh, and, you know, uh, spend a week at a time. And, and um, eventually we left because that was too much. Yeah. Right. Um, and this is the house on Avery Street. On where, Avery, yeah. Where yeah. after the Detroit Arts 
collective closed? You moved the letterpress to your basement of yeah, your the, home? Yeah, the Detroit Artist Workshop. Art, was, artist Workshop. Yeah, that was the uh, Artist Workshop. Uh, not that they, they closed, but they weren't going to be using that press anymore. They had used it for a little while, and um, it was a letterpress. It, it's a, it's a, definitely a labor, a labor-intensive, and, and no one really wanted to do that if you could do something else. And so they moved, we moved the press into our basement and learned. We never printed before in our lives. We had to learn how to print. Uh, we had about 20 minutes of instructions right after we moved into the house, 20 minutes, and then they took off, and that was it. <laughs> uh, we had to learn on our own. And, and you had this, 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 it's kind of a creature. Isn't it's an it? intimidating presence. It's like 1,500 pounds. Yeah, it demands. You, you better learn how to run this machine because if you don't, it's going to just sit here and make you feel guilty. It's exa an exacting beast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Let's take a short break. Today on the program, Ken Mikulowski is here. We've got his latest book of poems, That That, um, here on the table with us. I'm T. Hetzel. You've got Living Writers. We'll be right back. T. Hetzel, you've got living writers. Ken Mikulowski is here. Um, and there was a drum, that was some drum solo. Yeah, that was. We had to wind that one down. That, was, we, we were, that drum solo was on a roll. Oh, so are you. <laughs> yeah. Hardy, har, har. Uh -huh. um, And today, Ken is here in the studio. We're talking about his latest book out with Wayne State University Press, That, That. Um, and the event, the book launch, will be next Wednesday, April 1st, um, at the RC East Quad Benzinger Library, um, 7 o'clock. 
Got or, it. Or seven, seven-ish. <laughs> Probably seven ten is like all university <laughs> events, but you know, it'll, it'll be about that. Right. <laughs> A nod to that. Um, and I should say, we're actually, it's kind of an exciting couple of hours of, of radio today. Not that it isn't always exciting on WCBN, oh, but I'm biased. <laughs> um, but we've got you, Ken Michalowski, poet, um, award-winning poet. <laughs> we talked about that last time. Did we? Yeah. Because uh, you, you won a, a, like an award at a fair, at a county No, fair. not at a fair. It was oh. given to me by a Michigan congresswoman. Uh-huh. Oh. I won the Michigan Pork Barrel Award for the misspending of Michigan taxpayers' money. Uh-huh. One, of my, one of my poems um, got her attention. My book had, the book that came out, Big Enigmas, had gotten a, um, a grant from the state of Michigan, uh, the Council of the Arts. And even though there had been million-dollar boondoggles throughout Michigan that year, um, roads that went, bridges that went nowhere, roads that were, fell apart two years after they were built, they decided that the worst... The most the, egregious. Most egregious <laughs> of all was my book. And so they awarded me the Michigan Pork Barrel Award for that year for the misspending of taxpayers' money. And I love it. People actually marched on Lansing <laughs> carrying my poem on a placard saying, this is what your tax money goes for. Do you have any photographs of that? I do. I oh, do. I would love I to see those. I definitely I would, do. If, if that, oh. I should have brought them, but oh. we, I could show, we could show your whole audience. I know. <laughs> the magic of radio. <laughs> One day, maybe a webcam, or maybe not. Maybe not. Let's keep no. the magic intact here. Um, well, such as it is, folks. So I so really do. <laughs> my, my proudest moment was receiving the Michigan, God, Michigan Award. That was really great. That uh, is brilliant. The, yeah. So yes, I am, I am definitely an award-winning poet. There you go. Okay. So there we go, award-winning poet, Ken Michalowski. So I wasn't wrong. I just misremembered it because of the pork part. I somehow <laughs> placed it at a county fair. I don't oh, yeah. know. That's a strange uh-huh. use of, disuse of memory. But so we've got you today in conversation on Living Writers for an hour, Ken. And then after the program, we're actually like moving to a live event at Literati, Literati. with um, Word Squared, writer to writer. Raymond McDonald, McDonald is going to be talking with Phoebe Gleckner um, and about her writing process. And Phoebe's a friend of the show. So it's, it just seems all Quite nice, I must say. So All right. stay tuned, folks. Right after our program here with Ken, we're going to move to an off-site location, Literati, and be broadcasting from there. Um, but Ken, back to you and your poems. We've been talking about them. I feel like we've been sort of maybe teasing people a bit about that they're short sure. and saying that, okay. that, like it's because that's mysterious, isn't it? That, um, that, that, that's the title. <laughs> yeah. When did you come up with the title for the, the book? One of, one of the poems is um, is um, that, that. But it's not called that, that. One of the poems. Maybe I should build up to it, okay? That sounds good. All right. Should I? Okay, yeah, let me, I'll read go. a few of them, but I'll start. This is how we build up to this, that, that. <laughs> this is how it's done, people. Lean in. First poem. I'll have to pause afterwards because these are, this first poem is two words long. This is. Next poem. This is two. 
now the one we've been leading to. This is this, and that's that. Not that, 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 that. Okay, there we go. There you go. Well, Can you read the next one, too? <laughs> well, this is the one, okay, this is the poem that actually won the Michigan Pork Barrel Award. Oh, well, then we this simply is the one. must. This is... It's called Poem. It's the only poem I've ever written called Poem. There's no other poem called Poem. You can't just write anything and call it a poem. <laughs> In case you didn't know. <laughs> And I love that just by this very existence, it's like, take that, 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 take that. It is indeed. Because it's it's fucking that. It's, yeah, it is indeed a poem. Um, What I, what what I I love about your there's so many things I love about this, this book of yours, Ken. Um, and one of it is because I, when I, I read it through the first time, then I and I was like, don't start dog-earing pages, right? And then because, but then when I read it through the second time, I started, and then I was like, this is why you can't dog-ear the pages, because then it's like you're dog-earing all the pages, and it's no longer a book; it's like some sort of origami relic or something. <laughs> but, yeah. um. Yeah, because it's like if you turn the page and then it's sort of because there's things that are happening. This is this is a book where, of course, you could like randomly open up the book and read one. But it's um, this is a book that's actually an experience from from first to very la- I mean, yeah. I don't mean to say other people's books aren't, but but it's like an experience <laughs> where you you it, it's something entirely, entirely experiential if you read the the poems like that yeah uh, i think i don't want to yeah i think that's happens that's what happens the book it reads as a book rather than a separate poem but it yeah were there some that you mark you want me to read is that what you, oh no some I'm of not, you dog-eared well no well because no i this is what i'm trying to say is i would be dog-earing I if them, i was yeah. in honest all the way along but then um today i did one and then it was all subsequent pages pretty much were dog-eared <laughs> after that but but just like turning the page from where you left off Ken um mm-hmm. it, it's like there's you because it's kind of interesting too because you've got the title is bolded so we've got this effect so even when you had the first poem like this that's all in caps that's that's the title and that's yes. the title and then the poem is is <laughs> and you know how I don't know how many times have you said during your teaching life um Titles matter. <laughs> I keep telling them that, <laughs> and nobody listens. <laughs> I feel like this is your ultimate total, like, revenge. Not revenge. That sounds too good. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah? Well. <laughs> but this is like you're making it that the title completely matters. It's not like a hat. There is a poem that says, it matters. Yes. See, that's probably even why I thought to say that. It's in my subconscious. There it is. This book is going to change your life, everyone out there. So you got to go out and read it. Well, I do know my audience attention span. I do. So I, you know. (laughs) That's right. I am your perfect audience, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Will you read a few more? All right. Let's see. Um, Let's let's go there. How about how about this one called "Getting Old." Getting old gets old real quick. 
it's happening right now. <laughs> to, to all of us. <laughs> I might add that um, Lloyd Cole, uh, the singer, was on the, the a guest recently, and he, he kept sort of putting a point on that aging thing. It's, and it's happening to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have a poem called Now. Yes. Now. Soon to be long ago. Can you read its neighbor too, Ken? Which or, one? Oh, that's okay. Tell me what. No, no, that's okay. Because it's, it's interesting to see you moving through the book. <laughs> Just, there's now. That, I mean, oh, no, no, there's that one now. we'll read that one (laughs) could Um, i read one ken would you please do and then tell me if i mispronounced something in it like or so Uh, you're like which how is that possible no not possible okay so ours nice poetica a poem must be not mean that's nice I love that one. It's so hilarious. And then it's like super serious as well. Did you? Because it's like a poem must be. It's like this sort of rallying call, isn't it? And then it's like not mean, right? But then it's like be and then not mean, like not be didactic or hitting you over the head with a two by four. So all of this is happening and you've got this playful ours nice poetic as the title, which is just so funny. Well, that's actually derived from a poem of Archibald McLeish. Oh, is it? Which is called Ars Poetica. Mm. So this is Ars Nice Poetica. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Would you like me to read you a short novel? Yes. <laughs> Short novel. He always write. She left. So everyone is like, ooh. <laughs> All I can tell you is I've had, I've had many people walk out of my reading saying, that's not poetry. What do you say to that, Ken? Okay, <laughs> I sir. I agree, yeah. <laughs> Should, could I sign that petition? Yeah, yeah that's not poetry. I wonder what people, like, like why, I think, why would you have such a narrow definition of poems to say that? Everybody has their own idea and to somehow doesn't seem to suit what their preconceived notions are. And, and as a writer, as a teacher, I try to destroy all those preconceived notions. That's, that's my job. So, yeah, my students... Shake their heads and say, "Always," but that's not really a poem, is it? That's not re- not my, my. They're not talking about my poem. They're talking about other people. I read. I read other uh, writers' work, and, and they they come in there. They've usually um, uh, throughout high school or wherever they've done. They've gotten praise for writing these pretty flowery poems, and and then I I try to show them something else that's not quite the same and they don't at first think that that's poetry but then they come around they do come around and then their life's ruined from then on (laughs) exactly ken michalowski changing lives 
one poet at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Today on Living Writers, Ken Michalowski is here. His book, we've just heard some poems from That That. We've got Liz Wasson, Behind the Glass. I'm T. Hetzel. We'll be right back. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, glad you did. You've got living writers. Ken Michalowski is here today. Um, and I'm T. Hetzel. Um, so, Ken, we've got other things on the table with us here. Let's let's talk. Could we talk a little bit? Tell me about this beautiful artifact of the book plus. <laughs> I'll say plus because there's more <laughs> in, inside it, too. Um, uh, remember me. Uh, Remember Me is a book that that um, came out of a performance that uh, Michael Gould and I did at the Residential College in September. We um, we worked on this for four years. Four years. It came to fruition uh, with a big performance. We um, Mike's a drummer, um, teaches uh, percussion at the Residential College and the Music School, and we collaborated on a series of poems with Malcolm Tulip, um, who also teaches at this School of Music and Theater and Dance. And um, What a great name. Malcolm Tulip. Oh, yeah, Malcolm's great. Malcolm is great. Uh, so he, Mike, um, did the music. Malcolm read my poems in his amazingly dramatic and absurd way. And... We had dancers come in from Berlin. Five dancers came in from Berlin to perform. So they did, danced to these short, dumb poems of mine. Why Berlin, Ken? What was the feature of Berlin that, like... That... Well, that's interesting because, actually, Mike and I had gone to Berlin uh, a few years ago and performed with them. We They, different poems, uh, my poems, and, and we, we were, we were uh, his music, and we performed in Berlin. And then we always wanted to get them to come back, you know, to come to the U.S. So we, we 
then worked on this this ah. deal, which is completely different. But um, it's uh, it really did allow for uh, some really interesting things happening on stage with the voice, with the music, with the dancers. It was like a multimedia extravaganza, and it was. <laughs> But not because of the poem, because there was so much else going on. And and you're and you're composing that and putting the elements together to see what happens and what goes on. It did happen. <laughs> it did. It certainly <laughs> did. And it, there's um. So it's so it's interesting with the the elements of the project. Ken, did the did the dancers fly in, and then you had a few chance like some chances to rehearse, yeah. or was it just always off? They were the, there for a week. Like, improv oh. it was a week and so um we did we probably rehearsed um four or five days and but it still was improvisational it was until ultimately that but um we got some things down and uh we mike and i and malcolm worked in advance of their coming and then when they got here we worked with them on stage and had to you know just pull it all together and it worked worked fine and so then this book is printed from the event itself uh-huh. and it's got pieces to it it has the, the book contains uh 10 postcards which the all we printed on the alternative press all hand run you know it's a, you can just Ooh, feel, feel that feel Thank the you. there's there's this lovely tactile quality about the letterpress where you've got the in, indentations that it's well the, the ink is actually pressed into the paper with metal type so that um, it, it really does, there is that, that, that quality of uh, sensuality to it. Mm. Yeah. So the, the book contains uh, a pocket and that there's 10 postcards in there plus a USB card which contains uh, a record of the performances, a video of the performances, and then uh, the book itself has the poems that we, that we did for that. And so... Um the alternative press printed the postcards. Yeah. What about the book itself? Who published this, Ken? Well, the book it's is beautiful. published by... The alternative press. But we didn't print it. We became gentleman printers. Ah, I see. <laughs> well, it's nice to have all different varieties of yeah, well, gentleman we printed, printers. We printed the postcards, but we didn't get our hands dirty by printing the book. No, we didn't. Yeah, it's a... Because the book, the book is just, it's, it's bound and it has other things. Well, that would not be part of the mission of the alternative press, because to my knowledge, none of the pieces are ever bound. True, except, except oh. we, we did three, three books. We did oh. three books. Uh, a book oh. of Faye Kiknaswe, Jim Gustafson, and Don McCaig. Oh. We did three books. All hand, two of them were hand-set, hand-printed, hand-collated, hand collated hand <laughs> folded, hand-bound. I mean, it just, it was an exercise in a labor of love, I guess, with the accent heavily on the labor part. Yes, yes. Um, But those must be, those, those must be something else to see those. And it probably took just so long to create each of those, those books. Anyway. There is no such thing as time in making art. I don't know. That's no. They, if right. we ever thought how much time we put into, it's not just we we did all the printing and all, and all that, but we also it was, we had this collate the packets and we sent them out. We we would hand address the envelopes. We we didn't have any. There was only two of us. There was no one else to do. The alternative press consisted of Ann and me. That was the alternative press. We swept the floor. We we licked the stamps. At those days, you know, we had to. That was what you did. So we did that for thirty years. 
Now? <laughs> now I'm going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, just the other week I was at the DIA, Ken, and I saw um, Anne's portrait, her, her, oh, yeah. her pieces. Yeah, they, the, the DIA has, has uh, five or six of her pieces now. They have four of her uh, miniature paintings. Um, in fact, if anybody's interested, you can go on the Poetry Foundation website and, uh, and, and uh, just Google Ann Michalowski and look at her portraits of poets. And she did, you know, many, Creeley and uh, Ted Berrigan, Ann Waldman, Ginsburg, they're, 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 um, they're, all, they're up there on their site. So, and John Yao, another poet, uh, an art critic, uh, wrote the, uh, the, the um, essay about Ann, so it's up there. I like the one of you and Anne, and then there's a picture of you guys in with in the picture of like the cutouts of you guys. Oh yeah, there's that too. There's <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, the DIA, the DIA though, um, I, I really like. I'm really pleased because we always we lived in Detroit. We always hung out at the DIA. Uh, we actually. There was no, we had no air conditioning. Of course, we lived in the project, so we'd go to the in the summer. We'd go out to the DIA, and we'd spend the day there in air conditioning, walking around, looking at things. We took our son along with us in a stroller, <laughs> pushed him around to look at paintings and things. But we spent a lot of time at the DIA, and now that it's very nice to know that you know they have ants work there. It's hanging up on their walls. That's good. It just seems right, yeah. really. Um, and and then you, you all moved to Grindstone City when you because earlier in the program you mentioned there was a time where you couldn't have like sort of the revolving bed and breakfast of art <laughs> artists and writers for we Detroit. We got to get out of Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Although I mean, you are a Detroit po poet. Like you are like you can't really get Detroit out of you, Ken. Uh, come on, <laughs> I'm from Detroit. What of it? That's that's the you got to have that attitude. Detroit is all about attitude. And and it's the reason you don't you're not a New York City poet. <laughs> There's that, yeah. Well, uh huh. That that. Uh huh. I've been uh, I've been in Ann Arbor though uh, for 26 years now. So uh, um, I guess maybe you can get the boy out of Detroit. I guess maybe it's possible. But. It seems like you've got this. You're a, then a satellite. You've got this radius. You don't get. I mean, you're going to go traveling. You're going to do some of these travels coming up here, but. That'll just be a longer spoke than the hey, others. That's way, the way it, way it works out. I'm really happy to have this chance to travel, and, and um, I'm looking forward to it. And, and, you, so, and to go back for just a moment to this, the letterpress, this, you moved that to Grindstone City, and then you moved it to Ann Arbor? Yes. The, the press of... moved from, into our house in Detroit, from Detroit to Grindstone City, from Grindstone City to Ann Arbor, and now it's still in the studio behind the house, and that's it has been gathering some dust, but we do a few things occasionally. And so uh, we finished the last issue in 2006, or not we, I finished it after, after Anne's death. Um, uh, I did, it took me seven years to actually get out the final issue, which was half done at the time of her death. And then in 2006, I finished it, sent it, sent it out, and it was called The Final Issue, Finally. So there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I love that title, the, the Final Issue, Finally. I, I feel like that's, um, 
it couldn't, I feel like that's you, Ken Michalowski. Like, I feel like when I hear your titles or uh, see your work, I, I know it's yours. It's um, unequivocally you. Uh, yeah, for I, I, better or worse. I think, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for, well, I, I mean, it just, I think Bob Creeley was really, he knew what he was, he was doing. I, I loved, I loved Bob and I thought he was, he was, um, yeah, he wasn't just for me. He, he taught at Buffalo. Now, a whole lot of people who never wanted to spend any time in Buffalo end up going to Buffalo to get their, their master's degree so they could study with Bob. That meant the whole reason they didn't want to go to Buffalo for any other reason, but they went because Bob was there and that's where, that's where he taught and that's where they went. So he was a bit of a Buffalo magnet. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so before we take this short break, um, just to remind everyone that Ken Michalowski will have his book launch and book party um, next Wednesday, April 1st. Um, for that, that it will be at the RC East Quad in the Benzinger Library at seven o'clock. Um, everybody's welcome. Everyone. Uh, and you'll be reading the poems, Ken, as well as signing books and, well, and hoopla. Whatever anyone wants me to do, I won't do that. <laughs> and no. I, I can attest to that. <laughs> we'll take if it's okay with Ken. We're going to take a short break now, and then we'll be right back. You've got living writers. I'm T Hetzel. We'll be back.
Welcome back. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. Today, Ken Michalowski is here. Um, his book, Hot Off the Presses, That That, uh, published by Wayne State University Press in the Made in Michigan Writers series, um, a series that is near and dear to our hearts here at Living Writers. You better believe it. <laughs> um, and so, Ken, could we talk a, a moment about the poems in that that um, in that <laughs> we've mentioned that they're they're short. the The brevity is uh, uh, is the word on the street. <laughs> there it is. And there, I feel like I've ruined it by putting that other phrase with it there. But um, when you're when you're working, like, what is your process like? Are you sometimes walking around and then you have a notebook in your pocket and you will write? these it'll occur to you or what's what's happening for the the origins for some of these right um okay <laughs> frequently i have i hate to admit this i have I, you know i dream of these words i i'll wake up in the middle of the night and and scribble them down and then i wake up in the morning and what seemed profound the night before it is a little less so the next morning <laughs> so, so often they just never work i had to throw i throw away you know most of the things that occur to me in the middle of the night but when i'm walking around sure things happen i mean sometimes it's just a little a little rhythm a little something but something that just seems to me totally absurd uh, becomes becomes a poem and so you might notice like you'll have this thought idea or fragment or poem and then you might even sort of do this <laughs> like this little because it's absurd or laugh or and then that's it's that's that's and is it that it's it and it's sort of it's shaped or is it that then it's there and then you're kind of making what the title part or yeah no. what often really it really is true the poems are short but they often start off much longer <laughs> i mean really it's it's something I have I've had I've learned to 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 get rid of everything that's not essential. Pair away. Get, and and the poems begin with if it's a thought or an idea, which is often the worst place to begin. Often a rhythm's the best place to begin. But begin with a thought or an idea that you think is might be profound or something. And it's like it's it can be like a page long or more, and then. The essence of it is five words, and the essence is what I'm after, and that's that's what I try to do. People often ask me, uh, and this is a standard line, but it, how long did it take you to write that poem anyway? <laughs> well, I can imagine it at some of those performances where you said people were like, this is not a poem. Like yeah. Some of the Q&A might be a bit contentious or so. Or... Oh, really? <laughs> I'll tell you. My usual, my stock answer is, you know, uh, how long did it take you to write that? All my life. That's how long it took. And you're not really joking. No, I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid not. I, I'm afraid it's true. <laughs> For better or worse, as we say. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm convinced, and I know that by reading the book, because these are not... It's deceptive in that people will think that it could be in some way easy. And, um, and it's, uh, this is, this is the life. This has taken 
years all your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has. Um, I, I, I'm trying, I'm, I'm probably have written myself into a little bit of a corner. I mean, what, what I, I'm not you? sure I can get out of, if I can get much shorter. So what, yeah. What are you writing now? Uh, What's the, I'm thinking, I'm not, I haven't done it, but I'm, I'm probably going to write some prose. I'm probably going to get a little longer. I don't know how it's going to be yet, but I'm probably going to write some prose. Yeah. We'll see what that's like. Short novel, for example. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but keep a few of the sentences that you paired out of it, or or not sentences, because it would have been lines then. But kind of, it will. Let it, it'll, I'm interested to find out myself. I'm, I'll find out pretty soon. Do you think it will be short shorts? You know, I don't. I don't know. I really don't. I, I think I have some ideas in mind what I what I want to deal with. I, I for example, I I've been trying to, working on a, a memoir of a friend of mine, Jim Gustafson. Yes. And I, I, those are, are like little vignettes, and, and you put them all together, and it makes sort of, it'll, it could make a book, I don't know. Um, I have some other ideas that I want to explore, and I probably will. But I haven't done it. I haven't, I've started the Gustafson thing, but I haven't, um, haven't gone very far yet. But you have these pieces of prose. I yeah. W- I wonder if it will have some of his own pieces in there as well, or... Like if they'll be, the, yeah. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Andre Kudrescu and I are working on um, editing. Friend of the show. The the, um, the yeah, it's it's the um, the the collect the selected works of Gustafson. Oh, After, so he also. Yeah, the two. Okay. Well, Jim Jim wanted us to the two of us to be his literary executors, but he never put it in writing. Oh, and yeah. after his death, we did not. We had no rights to his his work but it looks like it's working out swell now his niece who's a writer um meredith counts is now working with us and we're going to um we're going to put this book out and it, and it, it's a great book i really think jim was a really fine writer and i don't know how many other people are aware of his work but he's really good well he said that he is one of the writers that the alternative press made his book yeah we did. so he's one of three he's in a very select company yeah he's he's very good yeah and now this is well, well wonderful okay so what we also have um going back to the alternative press a little bit okay. here since we we're we're talking about it we've got on the table um a couple of the postcards the um or the actual um broadsides like small broadsides these are these are these are postcards so they are, but you could, could you wouldn't want to, I couldn't part with it, actually. That's so it says something about me, probably. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's not think about that. Well, but we yeah, s- they are postcards. Like the back is a postcard, and, yeah. but the front, could you describe it a little bit so that people can imagine them, Ken? Well, in this case, what I have in my hands right now is a, is a poem of Allen Ginsberg's that Allen wrote um, nine days before he died. And it's um, it's called Starry Rhymes, and it's a little, it's a little Blakeian song of innocence. Uh, Alan wakes up in his loft at 4:51 a.m., and he looks outside and sees the stars, and he writes this little poem about the stars. And so um, he sent it. He didn't send it to us, but uh, Bob Rosenthal. Well, okay, this is 
<laughs> this is going to take a little bit, but I'll tell the story. Alan gave us this poem when we had lunch with him six months after his death. Uh, That's a tricky business. Uh-huh. Well, here's what happened. <laughs> Bob Rosenthal, Alan's personal uh, secretary for 20-some years, and Bill Morgan, his bibliographer, and his biographer later, his biographer, they came to Ann Arbor with some of Alan's ashes in a Ziploc plastic baggie. <laughs> One-third of Alan is at the family plot in New Jersey. One-third is at Naropa, uh, the Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics in Boulder, Colorado. And one-third resides right here in Ann Arbor at Jewel Heart, the Tibetan Buddhist organization that is, um, Alan was a part of. And so they were bringing his ashes, and they asked me to come out to lunch with them first. <laughs> and they said that, uh, that Alan had written some poems just before he died that hadn't been published yet, and they wanted to know, since I'd published a lot of Alan's work, if I wanted to, um, to do something. So I chose this one, and I Starry Rhymes. And, and at that time, um, Anne was not not doing so well. So I, this is one of the few poems that I actually designed and printed all on my own. Although I was running back and forth in the house saying, does this look okay? Does this look all right? Does this look, you know, but so, um, it, it has a couple of stars, um, coming out of it. But, That's lovely. Yeah. But you could feel as well as see. It, it's sort of the night sky. It's a dark, dark sky with, with, you know, the, the, the typography looks a little bit like stars or something. I don't know. Yes, and sil it's silverish. Yeah, silver. So, yeah, it's, this is what I wanted to. It, it came out successful. I, I, I accomplished what I wanted to do with that poem. It's and it's a real. It's it's such a it's it's a tribute and a memory and everything. And it's a postcard. It's a postcard. We liked. I like the idea of functional poetry. Postcard, bookmarks, bumper stickers, broadsides. Um, you give it you give it to someone and and they can think of what they're going to do with it. They can put it on their wall or they can send it to a friend or march put with it, it in on a, book. a like it to the state capitol like yeah. on a placard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that idea very much. We, I'm very fascinated by that. Yeah. Maybe we can organize something. <laughs> Let's get a protest going. Down with Mikulowski poetry, so-called poetry. <laughs> Up, up. <laughs> Ken, thank you so much for talking with me today. I'm happy to be here, too. Thank you. Come back anytime. You're a, a dear, dear friend of the show. <laughs> well, how about tomorrow? Let's, let's meet. <laughs> <laughs> um, today, you've been listening to Living Writers and Ken Michalowski, um, his book, That, That, out now with... Wayne State University Press. Um, so we're going to actually be heading over to the live event at Literati, uh, Word Squared, Writer to Writer. Uh, Raymond McDaniel will be talking with Phoebe Gleckner um, momentarily. So stay tuned for more big ideas and good talk. All right, I'm T. Hetzel. Until next time.
should be ready for. Yeah, but you know, it's a distance where you're looking. I don't know. I, whenever I have to, I actually have to give a reading on Saturday night here, uh, so it's a it's a big week. Um, but even after having done it a million times, I still have to make sure I find one person in the audience I don't know, and just focus on them. Okay, that's good. Uh, otherwise, I will distract myself the whole time, just going back and forth. Like, uh, right, as soon as you see do I know everyone? You know. Is, everyone, is everyone having a good time? Right. <laughs> Are we supposed to do a sound check? Oh, yeah. Do you want to do, do a sound check? Do you want to do the sound check? Okay. We'll just adjust as we go. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so and Ray, it's, um, it's six, that's really no rush. Okay. But I was thinking, so you're going to do like an intro? General intro? Yeah. Uh, and then straight to our questions. Um, yeah, we should, we'll probably get started whenever Shelly wants to. So if you just want to check in with her. Alright. Shelly! We'll get started whenever you want, whenever you think we should get started. 6.01. Okay. Yeah. Let's let these people sit. What time does the broadcast start? It's now. We're going to go ahead and get started. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. We're awaiting the beginning of a live WCBN broadcast from 